Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Welcome, everybody. This is a Herdat Sports Production Wired Access Podcast. I am the host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. And to my left, I have the athletic director of College of St. Mary's here in Omaha of the home of the flames, Jeff Johnson. Then I have to his left, we have the athletic director of Papillion La Vista South, the Titans, Mr. VA, as they say, or Jeremy Van Akron, Mr. 2023 Nebraska athletic director. Congratulations on your new uh, position. Thanks. And, And I think one of the reasons that I have you two here is because I think for you, it's gotta be a little like passing down the torch and seeing the torch flame, as you might say, uh, to where it is now. Um, so if you think back 15 years, maybe even more, whatever you want to go back to, and you think of where Papio South was then when it first started and when you were first a part of it as an athletic director, did you see where it would be today? You know, that, that, was, that was my, my hope and my vision. Uh, you just never know what's going to happen in athletics. And that's, that's what's so exciting and unique about athletics is you just never know what road you're going to go down. But, you know, when we opened, we hired some really good coaches and we have really good kids and really good parents and they went to work. And before you know it, about year five, six, you could start to see some real success. And we've had some really good runs in some, some sports like volleyball and baseball and softball cross country. Uh, but I, yeah, I did. I, I thought that, uh, it, it, the ingredients are all there. Good facilities, good people, good coaches. That usually equates to success. So you move on from the athletic department. You move over to the pr- assistant principal part. What made you make that decision back in your career? You know, moving into the principal role, I think um, Dr. Schoenweiss, who was the principal when we opened, uh, moved on in June. So that's kind of late to be hiring a principal. So I felt like it was probably best for the school and for everybody involved for me to to take on the principal role at that time. Plus, I knew we had a good AD uh, waiting in Jeremy. So that transition was was pretty smooth. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. So, Jeremy, if you think back to 15 years ago, you think back before you even took over the AD, what process were you going through in your life, in your career that uh, in due time made you go, okay, this is what I want to do and who I want to be? Well, uh, coached and taught for 16 years, uh, basketball, football, track. Um, and so got to the point where I wanted to do something else, uh, make an impact uh, with kids and adults in a different way. Um, and so got into administration. Um, my family and I took a leap, came to Papillion and, and um, been here 17 years. And where were you before 29. Papillion? Uh, I started my career in Lee, Nebraska. Okay. Lee Community Schools for four years. Where's that at? I've never it's, heard. Uh, of it. It's on Highway 91. So uh, all those schools along there: Clarkson, Dodge, Howells, Lee. Okay. Um, the two Humphrey schools, Lindsay Holy Family. So gotcha. didn't have to go very far for a game. It was right down the road. Everything so was travel, nice. Compact. Travel was nice. Yeah. Um, and then I had a chance to go back home and and teach and coach at Norfolk High, where we're both from. Um, Jeff graduated from there, and so did I. So, see, this is where the connection goes even further. (laughs) But, see, what people don't normally get the part of the story is 
where it all begins. Obviously, you both graduated from the same high school. You you come from a lot of the same regiment, a lot of the same breed, as some people like to say. You know, knowing what you guys grew up with, obviously, you from Norfolk and seeing Jeremy come in. What do you? What was some things that you think that came in from a small town that could be brought into Papillion, and what was some things that would make it hard? Uh, well, um, you know, my going back where I started, uh, I started in Plainview, Nebraska, which is 30 miles north of Norfolk. And I was a football coach, wrestling coach, track coach. So you, you learn to really manage your time and, and you got to, you're just going hundred miles an hour. So you, it, for me personally, I learned that work ethic and, and the ability to, uh, juggle many things at one time. And then, uh, my first administrative job was actually back in Norfolk okay. where I went to high school. So our connection goes way back. Yeah. 30. So I coached him. Oh boy. In uh, Legion baseball. We didn't have high school baseball back then, but uh, he's got a twin brother and I coached both of them in uh, through midgets and senior Legion. Right. So just think of how he sometimes gets on kids and athletes. <laughs> what, what was something you could give for when he was young and, and your player? Uh, that, uh, here we go. Here come we on. Go. You got to give something good. We can't have this conversation <laughs> and leave it soft. Oh, uh, he, he actually, he was a coach's dream kind. He did everything that you asked him to do and he worked hard and, and, uh, was a good, good teammate. Uh, I got on his brother probably a little bit more. His brother was a pitcher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got on him a little bit more than anything. I had to watch your dad. Okay. Yeah. I had to keep him settled down in the crowd cause he liked to get on the umpires. Yeah. And yeah. So on and so yeah. forth. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it was good to be able to, you know, when you start something from scratch and you turn the reins of that over to somebody, it's good that you can turn it over to somebody that you know, and you trust. Oh, and, and, trust and know is, it has to be at top of the, and I knew that yeah, I was going to have a pretty, pretty stiff learning curve going from 80 to principal. So it was nice to have somebody that was a coach. He coached in our building. He was a girls basketball coach. Uh, he had some administrative experience and I knew that he could pick up the ball and run and not need a ton of help. So coming from the small cities and coming from Norfolk, what what brings Papio to the limelight for both of you? For you first, obviously coming in, and then you second. Well, we need to get you out in Nebraska a little bit. You're <laughs> you're talking you're right. like Norfolk's, just, you know, Norfolk twenty five thousand. Well, okay. we actually got a McDonald's in Norfolk and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it as a bad thing, but when uh, you think of OPS, that's what I'm used to. I'm used sure, to OPS. Sure. And even down to Lincoln, you know, you yeah. think and you compare. Now, obviously, I've I've coached some teams where we had to play Norfolk. Don't get me wrong. They're they're not there to hang out. Yep. They're there to put your face in the dirt. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing on that factor. It's more of the different cultures, the different variety of students, <clears throat> the different backgrounds where not everybody here in this area is used to the hardworking, the, the as people say, the blue collar. You know, sometimes things are overgiven. And it's it's a whole different environment, but maybe it's not. Maybe I'm overthinking the Norfolk to Papillion is. I, I I think it all starts in the weight room, and when we put our athletic department together, one of the first things that I wanted to do is find a strength coach. You know, and and when we grew up, coaches did the weight room, so the football coach would be in there, basketball coach, so on and so forth. Well, that's become a specialized uh, occupation, and strength coaches know far more than any anybody else as far as how to get kids ready to play athletics so 
we were one of the first schools at that time, 20 years ago, to hire a full-time strength coach that didn't coach another sport. Okay. So in Norfolk, we had to work really hard in the weight room because we had to compete with the Lincolns and the Omahas that were much bigger than, than us. We had, when I went there, we had 1,200 kids mm -hmm. and we're playing schools with 18. 24. 24. Yeah. So we had to work extra hard in order to be able to compete with them. So we, we worked really hard in the weight room. So I wanted to transfer that. The Papela Vista South, and right now I would say our weight program, our strength, and, and Jeremy's carried it on, is second to none around. Oh, the new facility is amazing. Uh, we obviously have to thank the um, Titan Defenders uh, for coming through on that. And Jeremy, obviously from Norfolk to mm -hmm. Papia, what was one of the biggest things you felt you could bring? And yeah, I, you know, I, I think to add to Jeff, I I think um, you know, playing there, uh, coaching there for eight years. It's about convincing the kids that um, we have to work harder than everybody else. Um, you know, I really got our kids to to get up to play against teams from Lincoln and Omaha. Um, not an us against the world mentality, but we have to do the extra things in order to be competitive um, in order to win games against those teams like that. You know, in Norfolk, Columbus was a natural rival. Uh, Fremont, Hastings, Grand Island, who, you know, we, we've been playing for years, but schedule changed over time as I was getting ready to leave and we were playing more and more. We're doing statewide scheduling, play more Lincoln and Omaha schools and um, just playing with a chip on your shoulder, you know, and I've tried to carry that over to, um, to our kids a little bit when I coached, uh, when I got to Papio South and, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I don't know that that's necessary anymore because we're growing, yeah. but he can still and still put into our kids' minds that, Hey, let's, uh, you know, we, we have nice facilities here, but just because we have nice facilities doesn't mean we're going to be good. We have to put in the work, put in the time to get better. Um, and, um, you know, for some kids, they really understand that. Other kids, it takes some convincing um, to, to get them over that hump. But, um, and Jeff's right, we, we've, we've really excelled in some sports. Um, in other ones, we're catching up real quick. Uh, but to, to be balanced across the board, I think is a, is a challenge and that's something that, that we are working on um, to this day. So, and when you guys look at so far, what you've done with the athletic director position, both at high school level, college level for yourself, not only you did it for Dona as well, correct. And then college of St. Mary's what's uh, what do you think your number one struggle is uh, that maybe the average person won't even know it, it's a thing for an athletic director. Cause I could say, if if I say to the average person, what is an athletic director? They'll just say someone who makes sure the sports run. But I know that that picture is very slim of what you actually have to do. What do you think your hardest challenge is between? Well, I'll answer. I'll, I'll talk about high school, then I'll talk about college. Um, at the high school level, I think it's all of this, the um, select sports and trying to balance, you know, kids playing – a lot of volleyball games and trying to play basketball or run track and, and they lift at school. Then they go lift at a specialized place. And it's how do you balance all that and make sure that you're keeping the kids healthy. And, and I think, I think there's, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of burnout. I do. I think that, um, you know, a fourth grader playing 60 baseball games is a lot Amen. trying to do everything else. So, it's where society has taken it. Um, we have to deal with it, and we have to do the best we can to do right by the kids. So I think that's a real struggle at the high school level for all the coaches and ADs. Yeah. Uh, you want to 
Yeah, to, to add to that, I, I think um, what that has done, too, is eliminated, eliminated a lot of multi-sport athletes. So it's, it's taken kids who could help us in two, maybe three sports. Now they're specializing um, because they're convinced somehow, some way that they need to be in, in that club sport year round. So it's, it's hurt in that way um, with some sports that probably aren't as important to those kids, but would help us at the high school level um, if they weren't committed to that sport year round. I think that's, that's a challenge. Um, and, and how do you guys like, what can, I, I guess the biggest thing is what is there that you guys can do to try to help the situation? Yeah. Cause obviously the harder you push, possibly the harder someone will, yep. will say, all right, I'm not doing anything for school. Not just that sport. Mm-hmm. How, how do you find that happy medium or what are some things that you guys have challenged yourself to? Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's a good question. I, um, you know, I was a young coach in Norfolk, and I uh, was girls' basketball coach, and so I fought club volleyball for a long time. And um, I uh, I told the kids you had to make a decision. Um, you know, and I was very very passive aggressive about it in some ways. Um, figured out late in Norfolk that the girls I'm pushing away are the ones that I need. Gotcha. And so when I got to to Papillion and, and got involved in basketball and there were some good volleyball players that play basketball. If you go back to the Ralsons and Hunter and, and those girls, um, you know, the key thing is to sit down with them and their parents and communicate what your expectations are. How can we make, make this work? I understand the volleyball is very important to you, but I want them part of our basketball program because they're big pieces of our program. So, well, and I'm glad that you say that communication's when you, big there. When you say that communication, I only say it from my experience when I was at South. Obviously, it was when basketball was pretty big compared to football. So it was harder to get those basketball athletes to come to football sure. to get the coaches on the same page. Sure. From the coaching standpoint that you were at one point to the athletic director, how do you separate how you approach it from each position? Because obviously, as a coach, it's I want the basketball to do just as good. Sure. But now as the AD, it's, I just want the school to do good. And, and I want to make sure that all the coaches understand that that's our goal. How does that portray at your school? You know, when I give advice to our coaches, I, I start with, I give advice based on the experiences that I've had and the advice that I was given. So when I give it to you, you do what you want with it, but this, what, this, what has worked for me in the past. Um, I'm going through a little bit of that now with, with, with our girls basketball program. And so uh, Coach Gerles and I had a great conversation um, a couple weeks ago, and and gave some ideas on on how to get through, how to keep everybody out, and how to how to maintain numbers, even though club soccer and club volleyball are are a big part of of basketball kids. And so, you give suggestions. You try to not to micromanage as much as possible, um, because if things don't work out, <laughs> they could come back to you and say, "Now wait a minute." you told me to do this and it's not working. So what's next? So try to give them ideas more than one, more than one suggestion. So they have some things to pick through um, and then go from there. But it's, it's tough. I mean, it's hard because you're not involved with those kids day in and day out. Like they are, you're not at practice every day. You don't spend time on the road with them. You're not in a bus. So you might hear like, we really need to keep this one kid. But if you really go to a practice or to an event or see their body language and their feeling, sure. Some people don't understand, yeah, you might be the best athlete, but if your body language and everything sells another sport and you show the precedence of what sport you're in now is not important, it, it will hurt a team more than it helps yeah. having that player. Yeah. 
Now, at the college level, what's some of the things that you were noticing? Obviously, we got through the high school part. Uh, you know, some of the same thing. I think, um, you know, we're College of St. Mary is such a unique place. It's uh, We like to say it's a little hidden gem in the middle of Omaha. Uh, we have some of the, the best facilities around. Uh, our indoor track is just a year old. Uh, we've been hosting uh, high school track meets. We've had uh, four last week, and we have five this week. Oh, my goodness. Of, uh, different high schools getting kids on campus uh but it, but again it's it's a similar thing and, I, and to piggyback that i think the, the it comes down to to parents and kids because we're in the education based athletics so whether it's uh the only the only colleges that aren't in education based athletics are probably division 1 schools that are they they need to win because it's about making money for the institution high schools small colleges are it's it's about getting an education and and making whatever you want to do next in life, it gives you those skills to be successful at that. So um, we focus a lot on that, and we try to encourage the girls that we recruit. Uh, we have some really strong academic programs, and it's hard. It's hard to be a student athlete and go to school in college. It's hard in high school because it's so time-consuming. But we make it, we make it work. And I think when they're all done – it's such a great accomplishment. I told our, our, some of our basketball girls, we didn't have a great season in basketball, but I said, you know something? I said, I've been out of this for a long time. I think I graduated high school almost 40 years ago. I don't remember what my records were. No. I don't remember who my teammates were. I remember yeah. some of the trips. I remember my coaches. I remember the relationships that I built. So it's not it, it, in the moment. It's about winning and losing, but overall it's about what does this teach me and what skills do I gain to make, my career better well and why you say that the you brought up the fact that it's obviously an education base with division one or just the nil in general how does that affect a college like college saint mary's for what you do because obviously now you can't fully arrange it i don't know what the nil does for your school but how does it help hurt or what did what did that change these past couple of years for you you know it, it nai is actually doing some nil stuff and and we would love to do some NIL stuff. We haven't we haven't built a relationship yet with um, with anybody. Obviously, healthcare would be a great partner with us. Like yes. uh, we do have a partnership with Children's Hospital. We have a, a team doctor from there. Miller Orthopedic is our our orthopedic people. Um, occupational therapy is a big major. Physicians assistants a big major. So as we progress through this, um, NIL hasn't been around that long. Yeah, and it's trickling down. So I think you will see some. Um, some of the NAI schools participating in some NIL activities. I think more for us, it's about helping our program more so than individuals. Uh, Perfect. You know, Creighton kind of got together and all their athletes when it started, got together and did some NIL stuff. They're branching out a little bit more because they have some programs that are really successful, but that we would attack it as a program, not necessarily as we have a great volleyball player that can go out and earn some money with her name. Perfect. That's good to hear. So if you're out there looking for College St. Mary's, I mean, he's telling you it's it's <laughs> Give me one. A call. That's right. Give him a call. And, and while we bring up NIL, obviously another thing is is um, the open enrollment. Um, obviously, Jeremy, that's something you guys might be adventuring in. You might be able to talk about it. You might not. But you both have dealt with it as not only as teachers, coaches, principals, and, and in the ed education, but 
How does that hurt a school district like Papillion to be where the open enrollment is so hard to get into, but yet you have <clears throat> other programs that are getting kids from everywhere. And then obviously it's, it's who's getting who and, and stuff like that. How do you guys attack it? How, or is it something that can be, you know, I, I believe they're going into some open enrollment. What was it like dealing with that? Um, Jeff dealt with it some um, as an AD and and then we closed for uh, quite a while. We just recently opened, but uh, small numbers at each grade. So um, it's not a lot of kids. I, I, I would tell you, I, th I think if you talk to a lot of our coaches and I talked to a lot of them, we, we've met as a group more than once. It's very, uh, it's very differing by coach and by program, to be honest. I mean, some love the culture they have. Um, they love the kids they have. They love the kids that are coming. And so they don't want anything to disrupt that. Um, that's, that's some of it. Um, and the same token, you know, we, we offer some things academically that maybe some other schools don't as well. We have a lot of academies in our building are offsite and uh, run through our building. Um, high number of AP courses, uh, some dual enrollment. Uh, we have a program with Metro. So there's some advantages academically too. You know, we don't have a block schedule. We have a traditional seven period day. Some kids like that. Some kids don't like sitting through a 90 minute uh, pick class period. So I, I'm not going to lie. When this class <laughs> schedule would switch to those block days for the tests and all, I, I'm almost out after half of it. So I don't know. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. I think, I mean, um, um, you know, everybody, I, I think, I wouldn't say winning is the biggest thing, but everybody wants to win. I mean, you, if you're a coach or, or an athlete, you're competitive by nature, I would believe, and you want to win. And so having the best uh, group of kids that you can have in your program to help you do that is, is important, obviously. But you, you also want that kid to fit into your program and be part of your school, not just be part of, basketball or be part of football we be part of your school um make a difference in your building in a positive way so we you know i, I it's it's kind of differing to be honest with you and I, I don't know that um if i brought 10 coaches in here they would give you the same answer on how they feel about it i think it, it differs you know so i i think from my perspective uh you know i've i was in high school education for 33 years so i go go back a ways I think it goes back to the why, like why there's a state law on the books that says um, you, a parent can pick whatever school they want to for their kid. And it says for educational purposes. So if a parent feels like the school that they're at is not serving their student academically the way it should, they should have every right to, to go to a school that they want to. It's changed and that's part of the problem it's not so much academically motivated as it is athletic and activity motivated. So I think that's, that's where it's changed probably the last 10 years. And I, as I look at it from an athletic side of point of view, if I had a son that wanted to be a quarterback, but just couldn't beat out the quarterback at his school, I would want him to be able to go someplace and play where I think it's really changed is we're creating super teams and we're, we're, those kids aren't just going to a school. They're picking a school where they think they can win a state championship or win big. And I think that's 
from an education-based athletic program, that's where that's wrong. See, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, I mean, I, I always hate to go back to it, but, like, if you think of someone like that has made it to the NFL like Noah Fan, he didn't go to South because of the football program being dominant. He went because he knew he could play both ways. Yep. But he also knew he could get his education that he still wanted. So when you see athletes do stuff like that, and it's not for the wins and losses, but then you see other ones that go for the win. Like it, it's got to be hard as an educator and as someone that has had kids that go through this program where you're like, like, because I could be honest, I let my oldest daughter choose where she wanted to go. We were in, a, we we're by K part. We had a couple choices. Um, and I left it up to her and she chose Papio South. We tried the open enrollment, but obviously we got denied because it wasn't at open enrollment. Uh, like we did in October, you find out in April, you didn't make it. We had seven business days to sell our house because we were in K-Part. So a, a, a base housing was coming or a uh, military family said, if you sell it by the 31st, we'll buy it. So we're like, sweet, we're out. <laughs> but it puts a stress because we did it for education, mm. but yet people are doing it for sports and it feels more fluent than what I had to go through. Like, so when you see like the ups and downs of families that that happens to being a part of the education, being a part of the, also the athletics, like where's the happy medium, I guess, where, where can you find a happy yeah, and I, medium? I, and I think too, I think, um, I think a misnomer a little bit for parents is that I'm going to go to this school because my son will get a division one scholarship. He doesn't transfer to the school. He's not going to get one. Well, there's a lot of other things out there now that aren't high school related that can get you to that goal. There's a lot of camps. There's a lot of the seven on seven stuff, the, all of those type of things, the AAU things for basketball. I mean, that that's where kids are seen. There's so not, when you I say that, I like I don't, I don't see many college coaches coming through our gym to watch basketball and volleyball matches anymore. And that's what, that's what sucks yeah. because you're saying it. But, of course, you need those kids to be in whatever sports during that season as well, whether it is the volleyball, whether it is the basketball. But they know now how they get seen the, the most. So, like, is there even a counteractive? Because I know, like, for soccer, there's programs out there for soccer that say, don't you dare touch that school soccer yeah, ball. Right, yeah, And it just sucks because – those are, like you said, the moments you're going to remember. And I'm not saying the AAU, you won't remember your buddies on the road trip that try to hit you in your, hit you in your, in your chest, yeah. you know, to play around. But I'm just saying, like, it's one of those where what moments and, and how do you guys try to guide parents that have athletes that you're, even your coaches are interested in? So, so I would tell you that from the college level, from the recruiting standpoint, um, there's something called huddle out there that um, has totally changed how college coaches recruit. So like Jeremy said, I don't think you see a ton of college coaches in your gyms watching games like they used to, because they can, they can find it on huddle and, and then kids are sending videos of themselves through huddle. So uh, they spend our coaches at college St. Mary spent a lot of time in their office. They all have TVs and they have huddle film. So the, the, the part where you think, well, if I go to a school that's going to be win a state championship, it's not about college recruiting. It's about winning a state championship and getting the notoriety because the colleges are going to find kids. The, the, the funnel that we go through just at, at our level is amazing how many kids can come through there. And our volleyball coach could have 5,000 names on his 
recruit list that have shown some interest in playing college volleyball. So he weeds through that list to see who would match College of St. Mary. But the biggest thing, and this would be the thing that I would say, is I think we've gotten away from um, making sure that kids develop themselves physically. And this goes back to select sports. Are they, again, if I'm playing 50 games, can I get to the weight room? Can I do the running and agility drills that, uh, that the coach wants me to do? Because we often see at the high school level, these kids that played select sports up through junior high, they get to us and we they get cut because they're not athletically ready to go because they've spent all their time traveling around playing games. Gotcha. And Jer- Jeremy, how about for your down at the high school level? What's uh, what's some of the things you feel like? Because obviously your coaches have to recognize the junior Titans that come up through because they're a part of the program. They're a part of the brand. How is it situating and maneuvering with that situation? And how does that go with the middle schools? Because I could say from my experience, the hardest struggle is knowing that, okay, I'm going to have my son play junior Titans football, but not middle school football. Cause obviously I don't want him doing both. It's tough. And, it, and it's, it really, I think almost adds a crutch in one way too. I know that we're still junior Titans, but doesn't mean that it's all the same and it's all feeding yeah. the same. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, and I think if you look at our, at our feeder programs, um, they've been pretty successful. The numbers are really good. Uh, which tells you that's still an avenue that people want to uh, pursue. Families want to send their kids through um, Junior Titan uh, basketball or football, wrestling. Uh, we have a Titan Volleyball Academy that, that Coach Rich me started before he had left for uh, go to Minnesota, but um, we've maintained that. So th- the numbers are good. Um, I think it would be more concerning if our numbers just went downhill quickly. Uh, but it doesn't say it doesn't mean we don't have kids involved in other um, AAU type of um, on AAU teams, you know, especially yeah. with soccer and uh, we do in basketball. You know, some of our best basketball players are AAU kids, um, not necessarily junior Titan kids, and they were very we were junior Titan kids for a short amount of time, if I remember, uh, and then they you know wanted to move on to a different type of schedule and more competitive type of uh, uh, team, and so that. Which is a natural progress. I, I don't know that that's a big deal to me, to be honest mm, with you. And I yeah. think our coaches would tell you the same. Uh, they want our, our kids to be challenged and be ready when they're freshmen. So if they have the means to do it, go for it. But I, I, to answer your question, I I don't know that we fight a lot with uh, junior Titan programs and other AAU type of things. Uh, football is a challenge. We fought that for quite a while. I was at the middle school for a while and, I was the AD for a year working with Jeff and we were like, how can we make this work? I mean, I, you're talking about kids playing eight junior Titan or junior high football games and then a 16 game junior Titan schedule and too many. Ki- kids playing 24 football games. It's just too many at, at uh, grade seven and eight. So um, I think that what that's involved into is kids who don't want to be as serious about football play junior high, middle school football kids that really want to be serious about it uh, are now junior time football players. So I don't know that we have any crossover anymore. Yeah. Very, very few. I I know it was one thing I always just recommended parents just, you know, I mean, especially with concussion rates and and all that seriousness. Now, obviously let's go up to an upside. I mean, what's uh, your biggest accomplishment that you felt that you've brought so far to uh, not only college St. Mary's, but what's the biggest thing that you left at uh, Papio South before you 
ventured onto the college rankings? Uh, you know, I think uh, one of the things that uh, we were able to do at Papio South through the years was uh, just hire really, really good teachers and coaches. And, uh, you know, I've been gone. This is the fourth year. Um, they're starting to, I mean, edu- teachers are starting to get out of the profession. So, that you know, when I talk to these guys, I haven't been up there much, but when I talk to them, it's like, well, another teacher's leaving. And they're, I would say it's getting close to half probably. The, cycling the, through the Johnson regime is almost gone. The yeah. ones that he all knows or yeah. can get him in the building for yeah. free, you yes. know? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, he walks in for yeah, free. But no, no. Nobody knows that building. Like I do. I, I, know, where, <laughs> I know the doors that don't work, you know? I uh, hear you. So I, I think, uh, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I understand that if you hire good people and it makes you look good and, if, if you get them what they need and you stay out of their way and you let them go to work both in the classroom and in athletics, that uh, results will be there. So at, at college of St. Mary, I think, um, you know, one of my first things was to attack the weight room. Like uh, I felt like our girls deserved a full-time strength coach and we didn't have one. So we had to do some reshuffling and repositioning of money and staff, but we were able to, to hire a full-time strength coach the first time for the university. We, we had a, uh, we had strength coaches that would come in periodically and work with, with our athletes, but I wanted somebody that was there consistently that they would get to know. So for the last year, we've had a full-time person and it's, we're starting to see the results. That's awesome. And then when you say that, obviously you brought that on now with being a medical school, do you have kids that want to help and try to follow in that, that you can have as, a second set of eyes and add more eyes to help them and learn it, but also build your companionship up between yeah. the school and the, and the, um, so one of our, staff. one of our big majors is exercise science. Nice. So a lot of those, those girls want to go into, you know, athletic training or strength and conditioning. Um, we also offer a master's in that program as well. So, uh, and we're working on graduate assistants. We don't have them yet, but we're working on that. So, I, I definitely see down the road if we have graduate assistant positions that we'll put those kids to work in the weight room. Now, obviously, you've brought this all to attention. You've got things headed in the right direction. When you took over, were you surprised that some of these things weren't there? Was it something that you felt like? I mean, obviously, yeah. you noticed it right away. I, I think College of St. Mary's is going through a growth spurt, so to speak, in athletics. So. Um, and then COVID hit. So oh. when I got there, I'm, I'm at the end of COVID. So I lived through COVID at Doan. And then, um, I was an interim athletic director there. I came back home, going to retire again. And then, uh, the famous R word. Yeah. I've, re- <laughs> I've retired twice. I tell people that, <laughs> um, but this job opened up and uh, I liked my time at Doan. So I, I applied and, um, COVID's winding down and it's a different world than, when before COVID. So, so if the, you thought you knew college St. Mary's before you don't, you don't, yeah, <laughs> you don't. But during that same time, they had raised a bunch of money to build a field house and revamp the athletic facilities. So uh, from an NAI standpoint, we have our own softball field. We have our own soccer field and our soccer field is a soccer field. It's not a football field that we play soccer on. Well, and why you bring that up? I was told I need a, I don't know, some kind of DJ or something there. I don't know. Because yeah, I did get a wedding from one of your volleyball things, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Well, that's another part. We have a DJ yes. at some of our games. Yes, just like do. at Papio South. Yes, so, um, you know, and then we have an indoor track, the only indoor track in Omaha, six-lane, 200-meter track. And 
we have a brand new weight room and we have a our basketball uh arena is is we seat about 600 people but you've been there it can get really loud and really i i felt like i was good home court yes it was very loud and the the stands are packed that's what i thought i i've really enjoyed now obviously i i've said it to many other people like the level of basketball or volleyball or sports in college yes division one i get it it is the top dog but you find your way there is sports out there and there's competition out there i mean i i I saw where these kids are still battling the same adversities that a d1 scholarship athlete would face but obviously maybe not getting full scholarship and maybe not so if you're able to pay and and nursing or medical is your way don't be afraid of the naias Uh, but but i would i would tell you that we do have nice scholarships See, and that's and, where I knew he'd come in and, and the, save the day. And, the, and the, you know, the goal is if you want to try athletics in college, we can get it to where it's comparable to even less than if you just went to a state school to go to school. Gotcha. All right. So the difference between the difference between an NAI athlete and a Division One athlete is measurables, size, speed, not heart and not skill. So you come to a volleyball game, we're not going to have six foot four outside hitters. We're gonna have six foot outside hitters, but they can still hit. Yes, they can, they can. still dig and they can still pass. <laughs> all the key things to win. Yeah. And and I appreciate you sharing all that. And I I I loved watching just the environment of what the kids enjoyed. They enjoyed the game. And I, I think sometimes you brought up a great point of where yes, winning's awesome. We all want to win, but you're making memories with these kids that will last them a lifetime. So right. I appreciate everything you're doing. Yep. And and Jeremy, for yourself, what what's what's something that you feel like you've brought to the table, uh, both in Norfolk before you left and then when you came down to the Papio area that you feel is kind of sticking strong? Um, you know, I think um, you know, the culture that, that Jeff developed um, before I took over uh, was, was very strong. Um, again, good coaches, good kids. I think um, building on that culture, obviously, as as a building gets over, gets older, some improvements need to be made facility wise. Um, I think we've made great strides in that area, and I don't think we're done yet. We got some more things to do. I I thank our coaches for that because they they constantly are in my ear about what they need and what what we need to improve on. And um, you know, it's um, you know, branding your school is big. Uh, kid kids like to walk into a building and know where you're at. And, um, so we're, we're still working in that area too, but I think we've made strides in, in both of those areas. Um, continue to work with our coaches on, on how to work with kids. Um, I, I think, I think a challenge and even when I coach is still a challenge today is, you know, working with those kids that probably aren't your top players, but showing them the same kind of time and energy. And, um, that's something very, very important because it, like Jeff said, you don't, you don't remember scores and things you might remember moments, um, so you want to make it memorable for, for kids. And I, I always challenge our coaches when our kids, when you're, when your kid leaves your program and they walk out in that real world. And if we bring them back in here, what would they say about your program? What would they say about you? Those are some things you have to think about as a coach. Have you, have you had the chance and opportunity to pull in any kids? Maybe not the starters, maybe not the leaders, maybe not the ones getting all your publicity at any of sports for either of you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you know, when you see kids in the hallway that that you don't normally talk to, it's a great chance to pull them aside and have a conversation. Hey, how's how's baseball going? 
you know, you enjoying yourself. And I mean, I, I would say 99% of them say, yeah, I love it. This is a great experience. And they'll mention one coach that really helps them. It's really made an impact. So that's always yeah. good to hear the good uh, stories. It's and- all about the student athlete experience, whether it's high school or college. And it's, it, you want to give them that good experience. You want good facilities. You want good transportation. You want good coaches. You know, you want to take some trips and, you know, stay in motels and do stuff like that. You know, be able to go out to eat after a game and eat something nice and not a Subway sandwich. (laughs) Subway's not nice, but. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's just getting with your team. And, you know, I I would say as somebody that, that was at Papio South for 17 years, is this your 10th year as AD? Yeah. I think, I think during his tenure, they touched every facility there. Uh, I mean, video boards and the gyms and football stadium and new turf and baseball scoreboards and seating and the, the so family. does that make you almost cry like like knowing that man that could have been me <laughs> no i would have probably screwed that up <laughs> uh no i i you look at that and you go man this is so cool because it was way different growing up for for me uh, we didn't have club sports and i mean we he and i played recreation baseball in a parking lot mm-hmm that we had to walk around and pick up the rocks before we could play base. You know, yeah. it was city rec baseball. And now when you look at the place where these kids, I mean, that probably get, puts a tear in my eye. Like, I wish I would have been born 40 years later. <laughs> a so. little later. Because <laughs> my parents would, my parents saved a lot of money. I told them that, you know, you've saved a lot of money by having me 58 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would tell you too, Wick, I, I uh, you know, having, having the ability to have an assistant, which, which Jeff didn't have when he was when he was at Papio South. You know, Brent Gearing was my assistant. Um, now Bubba Penas. Bubba left for a while and came back. But both of those guys have freed me up to do some different things that uh, I probably wouldn't have the time to do um, in terms of our department. You know, and I you also got to mention activities. You know, you're part I know you're part of the blue crew and and uh, all the dads there show choir and that 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 group has grown. Um, band has grown. Please tell me there's in the works, uh, a a bigger theater because they are packing houses and they're bringing trophies. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. And, and I would love to give you an answer for that. (laughs) We, we, we know that there can't be an answer for that, but, uh, obviously, you know, one thing that I, I do have to ask you guys, I don't know if you guys, did you guys hear of how Papio was before when it was just the Monarchs? And the old junior high school was the football stadium. Mm-hmm. So we, I was, we played there for two years. You did. Okay. Before the so, stadium was the state. When I came, I came a year before we opened and we had the bond issue, put the turf and track in, but no stadium. Gotcha. So we still played at the pit. So is there a reason we never rebuild that for even just the monarchs? The because pit. the, the old place, because I tell you that to me was high school football, yeah, great probably one. of what you experienced. Yeah when you were going through Norfolk yeah, because our, our yeah, stadium yeah. would have been very yeah. similar to the pit after, after a game, I remember walking up to the local pizza hut. I mean, at the whole street was filled with people just walking and it's like, I like the new stadium, but obviously you're having to share it. You're having to both make sure who's on it at the right times, the wrong times. Is, is there anything that's possibly in the works to make it where you're not well, that stressed? Well, so here, here's a question to ask you. How many districts that have multiple high schools have multiple stadiums? Uh, OPS. Lincoln. No, not Lincoln. Well, Lincoln has two. They have two. Six. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So OPS has eight high schools. And they got, okay. They didn't always have their own. No, stadiums. they didn't. They've, they've slowly built them. So will the hole get rebuilt? Bellevue. <laughs> here's, here's the, here's the outline. has two. And it's because yep. of a thing called impact aid. Okay. Which is a, a government. A part that everybody don't know. So True. Pa- Papillion doesn't get near the impact aid that Bellevue gets because of the military base. Gotcha. So financially, it doesn't make sense to have two stadiums because it's. How many games, right? Correct. I got makes you. sense to have two gyms because it's five basketball teams with 20 game schedules. That's a lot of games. But when it comes down to varsity football or varsity soccer games, there's not as many games. Will they ever rebuild a pit? I would guess they would rather have a stadium at their high school. Okay. I get uh, that. So makes more sense. Again, that's God, the pick. That's it a, was fun. I don't, it was, I, I, it, it was a huge home field advantage, but it, you know, that's a decision that's above our pay grade. Of course. To, to decide if they want to do that. But you got to look at parking. You got to look at infrastructure. You got to look at getting 5,000 people out after a game and how fast can you get them out. And that's really why that became Papio South, was because Papio South sits on 80 acres. The Monarchs don't have 80 acres, <laughs> they're landlocked. Yeah. So you can build a bigger parking lot. You have a, a major highway with a stoplight and all the things to get them in and out safely. Yeah. Well, of course, 2023, you're the Nebraska athletic director. We'll get you guys out on this. Being a guy who's been in the business for as long as you have, seeing one of your mentees go up and, and, and get those honors, what what is that feeling for you, and and uh, what are you wishing for the future? No, I, I, it, it, it's, it's icing on the cake. I mean, he – he spent so much time working within that organization. So I, I believe in professional organizations and I was part of NSI AAA. Um, I was, um, I was a board member and then I, I did the, the advertisers for the fall uh, convention. So I think it's really important. He took it a step further and he was the president and he was, you did it twice, right? Yeah. Like you stuck with it for two years yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. So, you know, very deserving of that honor. Um, what do I wish for him for the future? Uh, no more COVID. <laughs> uh, win some state championships yeah. uh, across the board. Um, I, you know, we didn't touch on fine arts, and and I, I can't tell you how uh, strong fine arts are at Papillion Lewis South. I mean. I'm glad you're bringing it up. I, I'm not afraid of it. I, I, uh, like, I, I like it. I mean, there's there's been two – three band directors in 20 years. There's been two vocal music directors in 20 years and the success that those programs have had. We, we had a senior class at Papio South. So when we opened the seniors could decide they could stay or go. Yeah. We had a senior class because of band, because Bill Kellett came from the Monarchs to the Papio South and he brought about 20 seniors with him for band. Otherwise we would have had less than 20. I think we probably had about 80 kids our, our first year in senior class. Whoa. Okay. So opportunities for some athletes that were going to play at Monarchs, they came our way, and then fine arts kids. Awesome. But uh-huh. those programs, and what what a lot of people don't know, you know as a parent, and we know as activities directors, is how much time and effort they put in. <laughs> Every bit as much as any of the athletic teams. If not more, I mean, yeah. I know the bands out there before yeah. the sun even breaks the breaks, then they come back after football's right. done. Yeah. Let me say that again after football. And I yeah. ain't even had a band student. I just hear it. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 
And for you, Jeremy, obviously winning it all, you know, as some might say, or winning a award like that, knowing that all the hard work, how does that go for you? What's your feelings and thoughts? And then uh, what what do you see going on at, at some of the college level with your mentor up above you? Well, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not big into all of that, to be honest with you. I, uh, uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy. He might tell you different cause I played for him. And at times I get a little, maybe some arrogance in me, but, um, I don't, I don't like all that, but I, I appreciated it you know, coming from the peers is my peers is a, is a, is a great thing. Um, you know, one of the things when I got involved in the organization, I told myself, you know, I'm anybody that's on that board. And when I go to our fall conventions, I'll try to talk to as many people as I can, not just class A people. Um, you know, cause I, I've been there. I mean, I was at a class D school for four years and, um, it's tough. It's hard. Uh, you don't have a lot of advantages that bigger schools have. And so, um, just to, to appreciate those people, I think is a, is a big thing. And I try to do that. Um, still do. So, um, moving forward, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I'm getting closer to retirement here. So, um, I don't know, maybe Jeff's got something for me. I don't know. I don't know what he's got going over there, but, uh, I'll carry your equipment to DJ. How's that? Sound? I have carried it in. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, all my kids will be doing college and, um, you know, we're empty, empty nesters now, my wife and I, so it's a little different, but, um, they get a lot different when they're all on their own and, have jobs and maybe start families. No more college. And no, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what's out there. And, um, you know, the connections that you build through this profession, Jeff would tell you are, are humongous and it's, it's a huge advantage. And so, um, I reach out to some people that I know and, and I got a little bit of time to figure out, but yeah, it's a next phase in your life. You know, you want to do something different, do something, uh, either challenging or unchallenging. You can choose that. Uh, any way that you want. So I, I, I know this, I don't want 200 emails a day. Like I get, so <laughs> I know that, but well, I do appreciate your guys' time. I appreciate your stories. I appreciate just letting people know a little bit about what it is to be an AD, what some of the struggles are, because obviously for us, it's hindsight's 2020. We think everything's roses and, but when you think of all the things that you guys have been through COVID uh, starting of a school coming in, taking over after people, but obviously you got where kids can go out of district very easily. Those stresses, AU picking up volleyball, picking up soccer, picking up and still to be able to put a product on the field with your coaches has got to be one of the biggest and best feelings. The wins will come. You've already said it. Um, you guys are creating an atmosphere where kids want to be a part of it. And, and I think those are things that, that not everybody sees, the behind the scenes of how can I make people want to be a part of what we're given here. So if you have any athletes out there or even just <laughs> students, College St. Mary's local, of course, if you're a Papillion kid, there's always a connection with Mr. <laughs> Johnson here. Uh, I appreciate your time and I appreciate the yeah, story. Thanks for Absolutely. having us on. Thanks for having us. Appreciate and uh, if you guys have anything else, remember this is a Herd Ads production, Wired Access, DJK Double Omaha, Jeff Johnson, Jeremy Van Akron, Mr. VA. We'll see you next time. A Herd Ads Sports Network production. <laughs>